Only about a hundred yards from where Weisskopf holds that putt, where he's hid his face in the moment. Now, up the hill. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're picking up our special edition, the Masters edition of the My Love Golf Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sitting here looking at uh, my colleagues, uh, Magic Mike and the Rocket Man on the Zoom as we play that little intro. It's the music that we had there and uh, some of the great pieces of commentary and I can see the emotion just rising. Uh, so it's a special episode. I'm looking forward to getting the guys in. Let's get them in right now. Clearly still learning how to use the technology, 174 episodes in, uh, but it's great that we've got our tune, we've got the Masters tune, we've got some uh, commentary there, uh, maybe some other, other special effects coming in later in the episode, who knows. Uh, Rocket Man, how are you? You, you, you? You're great, great to have you back on board. Can't have an episode without that tune. Uh, great to have you back uh, for the second time this week. Uh, how, how was your last 24 hours? Been busy. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of. You know, if if anyone wants any sort of idea of what I've probably looked like for the last 24, 48 hours work wise, uh, the Kermit the Frog GIF with uh, Kermit on the keyboard on the typewriter. That's what I've been doing. Okay, obviously, a bit doing of work to be done. Secure, um, keeping the world's uh, internet secure. Uh, probably doing a little bit of research about the Masters as well. Uh, the man that does all the research for this team is sitting uh, below me on the screen. Uh, few hundred meter a few hundred not no no a couple of kilometers away in another part of melbourne uh magic mike how are you very well that music just that that master's tune it's like it gives it makes me just all it reminds me of is being absolutely half asleep on the couch <laughs> that's all i can imagine as soon as i hear it i'm like yeah we're in for some very early mornings um I was going to play it again. There you go. I can leave it on. I can leave it on if you like. It's, in the background, it's not going to put you to sleep, is it? No, of course it might. Not. <laughs> a bit of elevator music for the rest of the episode. Uh, let's get let's get into uh, the Masters episode. Uh, yes, you're right. It does require some early mornings. Um, and for the avid and articulate watchers that uh, you both are, I can only assume that the messaging between the now, now four people in the group uh, is going to start very early doors. Uh, the banter will be flying. Uh, the commentary will be flying. You should, we should publish some of that if we if we can. Uh, I'm probably not going to be getting up as early as you guys, but you guys will probably watch every every breathing minute. Um, let's uh, let's start with talking about not the Masters, but the 
event that we said that we would talk about in the uh, Barnbuckle trip, the ANWA, the Augusta National Women's Amateur, which is a prelude. It's been, what, maybe three, four years now? Three, uh, third year? 2019 four. was the first yeah, year. Yeah, four years. The year I went was the, that was the, that was year one. Okay, so 2019 started... Uh, for how many amateur women uh, golfers from um, all around the world, uh, Rocket, to get to start in the ANWA, the ANWA? Uh, I think there's like 80 or so, and then they cut it down after 36, and there's 30 that play on the on the last day, which is because the other rounds are played at um, Champions Retreat, mm-hmm. yep. and then they play Augusta National for one round. Which kind of sucks. I reckon they should play for more. <laughs> Just play the whole lot. Uh, yeah. We've had a couple of representatives from Australia over the journey. I think we had Julian Sue at one stage. Um, but this year we had uh, one of this podcast's favourite young uh, female amateur golfers, um, Kirsten Rudgley, who we've been following since she won the Helen Home back in uh, Scotland, uh, not last year, the year before, or maybe last year, sorry. Uh, also the English uh, women's match play or English Finished T8. Yeah. Finished T8. And uh, what a Great effort, and she is going to be a great professional golfer. I think she's going off to college uh, next year, I think. I can't remember if that's exactly right, but uh, she's a great golfer. T8 is – what do you reckon? Was that a, a solid a, – You know, what, what mark would you give for a T8 in that field of uh, amateur women golfers from probably the best all around the world playing in that tournament, Rocket? An A. An A? Yeah, absolutely. You, you watched a fair bit of it. What was your um, outtakes? Um, look, it's just really good to watch because they're playing from four, you know, uh, not quite members tees on all of them, but they're playing from a lot of the forward tees. It's really good to see some of the shots they hit into the greens, right? Because it's not bomb and gouge. There's a bit of strategy. Interesting to see which players actually uh, are using local caddies as well versus, you know, friends and stuff on the bag. Um, so that, that actually had a lot of difference. Uh, for some of the players that were near the top that were using local caddies, so uh, I, I think that was a smart move by many of the many of the players. And it's just generally, it's just really good to see just young female talent, like ages from I think the youngest was fifteen this year up to you know ones in their sort of early twenties, you know, seniors at college and stuff like that. I think the average age was 19 that was in the field. But it's just great to watch. It's just great to watch. Oh, I, uh, I didn't watch much of the first and second rounds, but the final round I watched all of that. That was really good. Can you imagine being 15 and uh, getting a start in that tournament and, and playing the final day at uh, Augusta National? Unbelievable. Or can you imagine being 16 and winning? Yeah. What was the young lady's name who won? Uh Oh, well, I don't know why I forget her first name, Davis. Oh, why do I remember? If, oh, I've only got the leaderboard here. So 16, um, 16 and winning with uh, what was the, what was the winning score? Anna Davis. Um, Anna, that's it, Anna Davis. So she finished one under for the tournament, yep. but she shot three under a sixty nine. Um, equal second best round um, for the for the final round. I think there's only one of like a handful that actually shot under par. Yeah. Uh, very, very good. I just and a lefty. A lefty. And a lefty. And she's and uh 
definitely she's definitely got a lot of fans because just her style and how she just just holds herself on the course. She's um yeah, she's gonna be awesome. And she's already, you know, she's talking about being at 16, just wanting to be, um, you know, she goes, I want to be one of the best, I want to be the number one golfer in the world. And the, and the other things, well, it's not too many, there weren't too many female left-handed golfers. And strangely enough, the, the only, I think the only other left-handed female golfer was playing with her in the final round. Two lefties. Yeah. And we'll talk a bit about her. Uh, she didn't leave you. Um, she left you a bit cold, right? Uh huh. A bit of poor behaviour. What was? What, what did you a pick up? Bit. Yeah, you, we, you shared a couple of clips, and yeah, we're not not here to bag anyone, but you don't you don't act like that. To to it, it's okay to be angry with yourself, but when you do things that are disrespectful, um, yeah, that's that's just crossing the line. You know, her attitude towards one, her playing partner, and also her caddy, who was a local caddy there. Uh, I was I was not impressed at all. It was quite it was quite poor it's quite poor behaviour on, on her behalf for someone who's actually quite a good golfer and international as well. So I think she's from I think she's from Denmark or Sweden, can't remember. But yeah, just she would she would be like basically like going to stand over a putt doing her the aim point stuff, and she's doing it while Anna Davis is putting. So it was like zero respect for you know what her player and partner was doing. Um, uh, and then there was one instance on sixteen where she did a bunker shot and Caddy went to like grab the club and she just threw it on the ground in front of his feet and then walking off 18, she didn't even shake his hand. It's like, it was just, it's very ordinary. Is that, it, it was. Is it yeah. Lind, Lind Blad? Uh, no, 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 no. It was um, uh, Leith Neeson. Okay. Yeah. That, Mike, your, your mate DB uh, from the Tour Junkies podcast, uh, who you're a big fan of and, and, mm. and sometimes contributed to and, uh, Mates of yours from Augusta. They live yep. uh, locally. DB caddied for in the tournament. Yeah, did, he did. Did he give you any feedback? Uh, any any insights into his experience caddying around there? Yeah. So DB, uh, I think we talked about it the other day. So he he grew up in Augusta and still lives there now, just outside of Augusta, about ten minutes out of town. And he at college caddied at Augusta National for two years, so he had a lot of experience there. Um, a friend of his, he, had, he knows a lot of tour players and caddies from around the traps there. And one of them had got on the bag of one of the girls that was playing this week and he fell crook or something went wrong. So he passed him DB's way. So DB uh, caddied and, and he loved it. He said it was good. He was knackered. He was on the Theraguns after round one, laying on the floor on the roller. Oh, sounds um, familiar. Sounds very familiar. Uh, but yeah, his home course is championship treat. And obviously that's a benefit. And then on top of that, he's caddied at the national, as they call it, uh, many many times and played it so uh he he said it was great he said it was really good fun she was an absolute gun i think she had a pretty poor second round and missed the cut but um he said it was good the course looked great um he said they were going to get a little bit of rain coming up for the for the men's event starting not too much tuesday but it's supposed dry. i think tuesday it's supposed to pour in the arbor yeah, or something a bit of thunderstorms and stuff yeah they're out today um but yeah so so anna davis she was great it was just it's quite refreshing. She was um, 
it's just to see her style and stuff like that and just how she conducted herself was really good. It was a real shame to see, um, oh, I can't remember her name. I think it's Angie Stone. No, I'm thinking of someone else. Um, but her last name Stone. She was leading by three with, no, she was leading by, no, she was leading by three with, no, two, two with two to play and she's finished double and bo- double on bogey mm. to lose by a shot. Ouch. Yeah, mm. she she had she had a bit of command on the tournament. Um, you know, the sort of around about between sort of ten and ten and thirteen, the leaderboard was quite jam packed. And then um, Stone had made a couple of birdies. I think she birdied 15, 14, 15. Oh shit! Yeah, there we go. So and then yeah, had, held on to that lead, and you, you look like you know she was going to just. Monty it in, but just absolutely butchered it on 17. What was um, nay to be? Um, well, congrats, Kirsten Rudsley, for representing uh, Australian golf uh, so well. Uh, you did a very, very, very excellent job. And uh, as we've always said, uh, we'll see a lot more of Kirsten Rudsley. She's a great golfer. Uh, I do want to say a little thank you. I meant to say uh, thank you in the Barn Boogle episode, but while we were talking about Kirsten Rudsley, um, it's probably more appropriate anyway. I just want to say thank you to uh, the people at Caddy Snacks who sent us a couple mm-hmm. sent us a couple of boxes of uh, Caddy Snacks to take to Bumboogle. And Kirsten Rudgley is um, supported by Caddy Snacks, so it's just appropriate that we thank uh, uh, Arun and Celine at uh, Caddy Snacks for sending us a, bo- uh, a box down, a couple of boxes. I've still got a couple here. Uh, that's the apple cinnamon and the macadamia. But they're helping. The a- apple cinnamon is absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Well. It fueled oh. it fueled the four of us over seventy two hot seventy one holes and uh, I've got a few left which the, is great. The, the coffee the mocha one was the actually mocha. really yeah, yeah that was when, really when that was miss, when we missed Brecky on day two and coffee. yeah the mocha one was that really that was really good kept, that was a winner it kept us going. Uh, they're a great little bar uh, you can get them online. Uh, this isn't an ad. Uh, the guys I offered to buy some. The guys well, it is now. Yeah, well, but I offered to buy some because they've been supporting so many great young golfers from Australia. Stephanie Nah, who's a great friend of the podcast and uh, a playing partner, and um, the recipient of a My Love of Golf win subsequent to a round of golf with uh, you, good, my good self. Um, they sponsor or support Steph Brody Harbinson from Peninsula Kingswood, a young pro who's making his way playing this week down at uh, uh, the National in the PGA um, of Australia tournament. Uh, Grace Kim, another another player uh, on the mile of golf roster. Uh, Kirsten Rudgley, I'd love to have a game for Kirsten Rudgley. She's ever listening and wants a game. I'm I'm happy. Um, and uh, who else? Um, oh, well, one of my other favourite young uh, uh, women golfers, Caris uh, Davison, uh, another great Australian Scott Scott Australian. Whatever way she um, wants to fall, um, she was born, actually born in Scotland, so she's more Scottish than me. But she represents Australia. So Caddy Snacks support all those great guys, and I'm very happy to give them a big shout out. And they kept this field. So there you go. I might have one while you guys are um, doing the rundown from the data lake on the Masters. Let's get into talking about the tournament because that's what everyone's probably listening about. But um, if you want some caddy snacks, check them out. <laughs> I can't stop playing that music. <laughs> so um, anyway, I've put my tips in. I'm ready to go. Where are you? That's it. Okay. Take a while. That it? Thanks, guys. Great night. <laughs> We're done. That was short. Um, I, well, everyone knows my tripping, tripping, uh, my tripping strategy. Uh, I've done that before in the past. Um, my tipping strategy is just based on uh, gut feel, vibe, mojo. Um, someone who I haven't already picked, 
someone I think I might have been saving for one of the bigger events rather than the smaller events. It hasn't really worked. I'm sitting 30th on the My Love of Golf Teeps the Tipping um, scenario. Golf Labyrinth, uh, Cameron from up there in Sydney, is braining it at the moment. Um, mm. Michael Lloyd, um, one of St Kilda's famous or famous favourite um, uh, artisan painters, if you want, want your house painted, hit up Michael Lloyd. He's second or third, just braining it. Uh, and a few people that were way down down back uh, ages ago have come come up. Rockets Rockets just leaving the set. If you're watching this on the uh, YouTube, and please picked up another subscriber today, Mike. You're closer to Peak Cheese Week. Um, you are closer to giving away some fromage. Uh, Rockets just left the set. He's going to top up the uh, Southerly Buster. He's probably into his seventh already. <laughs> Seven deep in the Southerly Buffler Busters. Um, drink responsibly, especially when you're doing a podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people up there. I'm languishing in 30th, so I'm hoping that my pick, which we'll talk about later, um, comes true. Do you guys, have you made a pick yet or are you still digesting? Is it, what are you, what's the story? Where, where are you guys at with picking? How far away from making a selection? Digesting a bit at the moment still. I don't know. This, I don't know about this Masters. This feels a little bit more open than most other years because there's all the players that you know, you've know you heard me talk about before. Like There's a very small group of players that have won from outside of the top 13 in the world when they go into the Masters. Hideki Broke was the last to do that last year. And then prior to that, it was Immelman and, and uh, Zatch or T-Ball uh, Johnson. Um, so out of that kind of that 13, if you look at that 13, there's the only one that's been in hot form. The two that have been in hot form have been um, Scheffler and you could probably say Cam Smith in terms of recent form in the last sort of couple of months. And then if you look outside of that, even outside of the, the fifth, you know, if you go from 13 up into 20, like it's really, it's sporadic. Like there's no one, unless Mike's, Data Lake is is like it's fine tooth, like into the needle of the of of needles in the haystack. Like it's just feels so wide open, and you because normally you come in here and you go, here's like five that you go, yeah, these these guys are going to be kind of the Montes to be contending. I just feel like there's too many. No, I'm with you. I agree. I think uh, when I first started looking at it. I'm, I'm a bit like you. Normally in the Masters, you go, oh, well, there's 90 people playing. There's only 30 that can win, and there's only 10 that can really win. And this year probably would at least double that. I would say there's probably 20 that can win, which doesn't help it um, if you're trying to have a bet on, on the uh, tournament um, because they're all sitting at pretty sharp prices because I think everyone's a bit spread. I think there's a lot of people that kind of like everyone. I mean... If you look at the top of the market, you got Rahm, Thomas, Smith, DJ, Scheffler, Kepka, Spieth, Rory, Hovland, Morikawa, Cantlay, Shoffley, Zalatoris, Burns, Berger. Any of those could win. Wouldn't shock me. None of them. Yeah, well, um, for me, from a if it's if you know, think about it from just a where do you put your shekels? Um, you know, it's really hard to put them on those ones. So, you know, even, and then you think about the spread field, mm. the, the one I've already done tonight, I've done a multi for, it's like I've picked like the top five where I think these guys will finish in the top 20 
And then to boost my odds, it's like who's someone who's won here before who could probably finish in the top 20. So it's Adam Scott and all of a sudden yep. I've, I've got a good, I've got good odds. And I'm like, yeah, that I feel good. I can throw some down on that. No, exactly. Um, look, to narrow it down for me, I, I, I've done a bit of work over the last week around the Barmboogle trip. Um, it's a bit of a funny week when I look at it because it's kind of, as we talked about just a second ago with the weather. So it looks like it's going to be thunderstorms today, their time, Tuesday, and probably a bit of Wednesday. So we might not see the par three. It'll be, be interesting to see if they play because there'll be lightning around. And then it dries up like right before round one starts. So the rain should disappear over Wednesday night into Thursday. If that stays true and the wind's sort of going to be a normal sort of um, windy sort of weekend, you'd think the course is going to be pretty dry because they haven't had a lot of rain in the last few months that um, the Tool Junkies boys are saying. So um, that says to me it could play a bit hard and fast and that's a bit more like it's kind of played in years gone by, not necessarily the last couple, especially not the one that they played in, was it November? They played the COVID one. So when you kind of went to look at it, I, I think I, for me, I've always looked at the Masters and thought you really need to be a good putter to win the Masters. And this year I've done what I've done in weeks gone by and I've zigged when I might be, should be zagging. And that is, I've looked at it a bit more like when you look at the stats, you need to be really good tee to green, right? So that's the first thing. Yes, you need to be a good putter to win the Masters, but my brain is now going to, it might be more along the lines of, do I just need a good week putting than be a good overall putter, if that makes sense? Right. Um, I've always said it's the, it's the iron player. Yeah. It's the... It, if you're okay off the tee, then it's like what you do into the holes because it's like what angle you're coming in from, yeah. how you flight your ball, are you hitting it in the right spot? Yeah. So because if you hit it in the right spot, then it makes it easier to have a good putting week versus exactly. putting a lot of pressure on you because you could, if you hit it in the wrong spot, yeah. you, it's three-part territory exactly. very, very quickly. That, that ball gets dragged away from the hole with those slopes where those pin positions are. So. You're going to need to be able to be lag putting, as I always say, around here. So um, when I started doing the sums on what stats I wanted to see, I looked at strokes gain approach, which we always I always talk about. T to green is my number one stat for this week. Um, and then I started um, really digging down. I added in off the tee. I, I don't necessarily think accuracy is super, super key around here. I think you can get away with it a bit. It is pretty wide in spots. Um and I don't know that you need to be long anymore. I think once upon a time you'd say it was long, but I think everybody's long now. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. Um, but the ones that I threw in that I think are going to be key this week are strokes that gained around the green. So guys that you sort of see really get those up and downs from where they need to be around the green is going to be super important. Um, people that are making birdie or better from about 150 to 175 yards. So that that's second shot in, that, that shot into the green is really giving me a bit more super tweak on that stroke scan approach and then people and how well they've um how well how close they're getting it so they're um they're in, their shots into the green from about 225 to 250 so those longer the shots proximity yeah correct yeah so when i rolled all that up what did it spit out well it spit out the second favorite which is no surprise so that was justin thomas so justin thomas came up he's an all-round superstar he's got all the game in the world can he close on occasions, um, he probably suffers from what we've talked about before where he's really good at everything. 
Whereas you find the guys like Morikawa has a great putting week and he wins because he's 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 not good at putting, but he's great at everything else. Yeah. Um. So he's he stacked up number one. Number two was Hideki, who I won't bet or wouldn't even look at just because his neck's not right and he hasn't been playing at all. The history um, of repeating is narrow. Yeah, unlikely. Yeah. Um. Willie Zalatoris, I just can't. I can't look at I can't imagine him putting and making anything around all week. Um he needs to he needs to hit it to eight feet all exactly. week. Exactly. So, yeah, and not get any closer. So we're knowing that when you when you run all that, where where does Will uh, Zalatoris uh, stack up in in the in the yep. mining? No, for sure. So he's second ranked second this year in strokes gained approach. He's ranked second in strokes grain T to green. He's ranked eighth in off the tee and he's thirty eighth in that birdie or better from about 150 to 175. Ross, the kid is so good with Tita Green. It is unbelievable. It is yeah. unbelievable. But he's so bad with a putter. Oh. It is so unbelievable. It's scary to watch. I don't. I have to look away. You know, like yeah. I don't want to see that, that twitchy two-foot, two one-foot putt. I don't want to see no. it because it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's a figure eight of a figure eight. Yeah. He's a figure eight. But he's around the green. He's terrible. So strokes going around the green, he's ranked 90th. Not terrible, but he's 90th, which is probably just below, you know, probably 200 players in the in the list. So, is the strokes gained around the green, does that count the up and down stats or is it purely proximity to hole? It's, no, it's got, it's got, it's got a bit of everything in there. It doesn't have, um, it's a bit, I sort of liken it a bit to like scrambling, but it's all, it's anything that's around the green that's sort of going to be that. These putting doesn't help, right? right? Hmm. Yeah, no. Okay, so um, he, he stacks. He's in there, but clearly for the obvious reasons. But uh, I was just curious to know how how well he stacks up through all of the other stats, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I'm sure that Will's Zalatoris uh, knows exactly what he's got to do and work on. I'm, I'm mm, one, I wonder what's happening for him uh, out of the game. I'm well, not out of the game, but um, you know, out of the limelight. What, what is he working on? But anyway, well, maybe one day we'll find out. Who well, else? He, he's Sorry. a player that, like we said, if he has a great week putting, hmm. he will, and he finished second. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. he has a good week putting, he he can finish top five, no worries. He could win it. Mm. But I just – odds are against him because his, his, his data doesn't say that that will happen. I think um, also the conditions on the greens are probably running a little bit slower than normal last year. Probably helped him a little bit yep. too. Yep, for sure. Um, and then it goes into some of the big names, obviously Scotty Scheffler and, and Patrick Cantlay. So once I narrowed it all down – I sort of then picked the eyes out of who's played well here and who's had good form coming in. So the four that I've got, um, or sorry, the, the main two that I've got were Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay. And so Cantlay's my pick. But the problem is in our tipping competition, I've already used Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> so I've got Justin Thomas this week. Um, the other guys that I think are good performers that could show up, I still really like Leash this week. I just, I just, He just plays well here. He's not playing poorly. He's really going under the radar. Cam Smith's just wiped the floor with everyone as an Aussie for the last few months. I could see him having a good week. Um, and then the other guys that sort of sit in that peripheral that sort of w- would look at as someone that I think they could, you know, have a good solid top 10 or top 20s um, is uh, Taylor Gooch, uh, Tom Hoagie and, and like Neiman or Henley, those sorts of guys that sit right around the mark. Their stats just look like they could go well here. The problem with Gooch and Hoagie is they've never been here. So um, first up starts aren't really uh, – I think the last winner was Fuzzy in 77 off, off the first time here. So 
probably not going to happen. First year they had bent grass greens. There you go. Well, funny you say bent grass. So the one thing we talk about with Cole, and Colin ranks not too far down the list, and we know that the putting has been massively improving. So he ranks 19th on my list. An interview that was only on a couple of weeks ago, he talked about putting, and, and he said his favourite, absolute favourite um, grass to putt on is pure bent. And they don't get that very much, but they get it here. So that, you know, pacey speed bent grass might be a perfect fit for him and it's putting better. So he could uh, he could be good. But again, around the green, Morikawa ranks 177. So he's worse than uh, than uh, Willie Z. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, was it 20? I can't remember where Colin finished in 21, but I think he had one of those years like near the top stroke, you know, tee to green, <clears throat> but he just 18. Yeah. Putted like a Muppet. Yeah. He's had uh, two starts, 44th and an 18th. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely going the right direction, but why someone like Leash, I mean, we know Leash has had good form around here, but he's had three missed cuts in, in, in 2010, 2011, but he's also had a fourth and ninth, a 13th and a fifth. That's, that's, that's to me, the bloke likes playing golf there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm flicking through the Masters uh, app. It's a great app. It's got a lot of information on there. If you just awesome want, want to pick up uh, some general information, there's plenty of stuff there. The big chat is obviously about the big cat, uh, TW. He is listed in the players. Um, I he think is. there's there's a conference tomorrow morning at something, 11 a.m. their time, 11 a.m. Yeah, our time. 1 a.m. So about three and a half hours. Yeah, so 11 a.m. their time, 1 a.m. our time that uh, – would suggest that he's going to come out and say, I'm in. Do you agree? Yeah, he's going to play. If, if you'd asked me when we're at Barn Boogle, I would have said 2% chance. If you'd asked me when we got back from Barn Boogle, I would have said 10% chance. Um, I know everything, everything, everything looks like he's going to be there. I, I'll say 75%. I'm still not sold that he'll play. I mean, Cam Davis played with him on Sunday. Said that he looked great, hit the ball really well, battled a little bit walking up 18. And 18 is a solid, solid walk, right? It's straight uphill. It's like walking up a ski slope. And that's not the only one. There's a handful of others. So you just don't know how bad his, how bad his leg is. Um, and I think that's what he's assessing. So everything says that if he got through the last couple of days and he's feeling okay, yeah, probably plays. Okay. But um, yeah, I, the worst thing in the world would be to play and it pulls up really sore after round one and he has to withdraw. Something like that would be a real shame. But I think he doesn't he doesn't owe the world anything. Yeah. No, no, I know. I know. I just however know, why push yourself? Why why forever and a day the biggest thing about Tiger's been, I won't turn up unless I'm there to win. Mm. And that's the part where it's like, well, is if he really thinks he's, he's a chance to win and compete, then he should play. And if he's not, then don't stress. Just relax. Get better. Yeah, he doesn't owe anyone anything. However, I've got a little bit of 2019 vibage and and I've 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 thrown some shekels his way. Fair enough. If if he if he tees it up like we said, he he thinks he's a chance. Oh, well there's that's uh on the win, have you thrown some shekels for the W for the TW? Yeah. Not a place, not a top 5, not a top 10, just Oh no, you have got to go each way. You can't you can't muck around. Okay. I'd be disappointed if he was. It's golf. It's golf. You can't just Yeah, come on. Let's be smart about this. Well, 
Nonetheless, it's been great to see some of those images coming out of uh, mm. the Masters media with him playing that slow-mo uh, vision of him striking, I can't remember, 13, I'm not sure what hole it was, but the the long, uh, maybe it was the fairway wood just uh, in slow-mo, it was awesome. Uh, for the reasons that he will be there, I believe that he will be there, I've gone with, um, uh, no, not Tiger, I've gone with Justin Thomas. I think the... You know, he'll he'll pick up on the Tiger vibes. You know, they're obviously very close. So they're very, very, very close uh, family of the the Woodses and the um, Thomases. Mm. And that's really the only little bit of mojo that I've used to steer myself towards Justin Thomas. Uh, he's obviously a very good golfer and got a great chance. And I haven't picked him, so he's not excluded from my picking list, like uh, oh. Patrick Cantlay is. As you've, is this for you, Mike? Well, I've got so we both got JT. Yeah. So don't but, pick JT. Um, I don't even know if I've picked. Because, like, everyone know, I, I kind of parked Jordan Spieth for the Masters, but, and I think it was, like, two or three podcasts ago. No, it was the players. After the players, like, I started to rethink the JT factor because if anyone's listened to probably the 2019 and even the 2020 Masters podcast that we've done, I always talked about JT came in there hot with form, and it's like, no, because, T, you know, his iron play is not at the standard that it needs to be to play play at Augusta. That one round he played in that junk junk weather, and then a couple of other tournaments before that, he has learned. And obviously, this is Tiger. He, there, you could absolutely guarantee he's spending time with Tiger on Tiger's property, up and down that range, learning how to hit shots. And so he's f- learning how to fight the ball, move it around. And not just be just this, you know, one-trick pony basher. So it's made me kind of go, is is JT like has he found something? Because he's can he's been thereabouts, but he falls back because he's doesn't hit the right shot at the right time. So I feel like Tiger's passed information down to the young man. To, to help him on the way and also help him improve his game. So I, I don't know. It's so you don't mind, you don't mind JT uh, is what I'm hearing. Rocket is that right? Yeah, I don't like JT, but I'm I don't mind JT for probably this event. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Any any uh, other? Oh, there, there we go. I haven't picked him. I have now. Oh, are th- yeah, so we've all got JT. Are we th- a three? A lot of pressure on JT. Whippers, whippers, JT. <laughs> <laughs> we put the. M log of yeah, maybe they'll not put the M log curse on JT. If he misses uh, the cut, there'll be a phone call. <laughs> be, there, won't, there definitely won't be a mid round uh, podcast if he misses the cut. Uh, uh, we usually have a bit of a laugh and, and go for a top Scott. Uh, it was great no, to see. We we don't have top Scott. No, we don't have a top Scott. Well, well we don't. We do, but well, it's Bobby it's, Mac. <laughs> what are you saying about Sandy Lyle? Well, what's wrong with Sandy? What's what? You you're offended with the braces? If Sandy Lyle beats Bobby <laughs> Mack this week, no, he, he should he, never get another invite back. He won't. But uh, I did enjoy seeing uh, Bobby Mack's little uh, video post of him uh, driving down Magnolia Drive with the uh, pipe music. Uh, that was very good. Uh, I enjoyed Minwoo Lee's um, drive down with uh, the same sort of video with the same sort of uh, vibe. Not the obviously not the, the bagpipes. Uh, but um, Minji was in the back of the car and uh, obviously Minwoo's manager was driving and uh, they were very excited. What do we think about Minwoo Lee and his debut at the Masters? We've got Herbie debuting, Minwoo Lee debuting. 
two prodigious talents, um, the future of Australian professional golf on PGA Tour. What do you think of Min Woo Lee, uh, my, log, M, M, my love of golf, also part of that team? Um, you know, we have played with Min Woo Lee, representing at the Masters this year. Um, if I hadn't mentioned that before. Uh, what do you reckon of Min Woo's um, first up attempts? Where do, you, where do you sort of see him finishing up? He's gonna I don't know. He's, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's like. He's I, Look, we know he's long. He's all right. He's pretty solid with the putter and the wedge. But, you know, what's what's his iron play going to be like? And is he going to have the whereabouts to play good strategy golf? Because right? that's the thing. Sometimes you look feel like you're in the go zone and it's not actually a go zone. Like mm. it's actually no, you don't play at this pin. You play left of that pin. Because going at that pin, there's no room. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think if he makes a cut, that's a win. And okay. it's, it's okay. obviously not a, it's not the most impossible cut to make because there are players there just out for a run. Um, I think it'd be good to get four rounds under his belt for the future. I yeah. think exactly what Rocket said. I know he had a caddy, a local caddy, for the, his practice round this week. He was talking to him about breaks and where things ran, and this putt's faster because of this and things like that. He was saying in his interviews the other day. Um, He's got great talent, but these guys are the best in the world. And um, I think if he if he got to if he makes a cut, he's done. A, he's had a he's had a good week. And if he had something like a top twenty, he's had an unbelievable week. Does, yeah, it's very very rare for someone to be contending and winning inside the first four years of them playing at the Masters. I think the average the average amount of times some the winner plays, like in terms of from the first time they play to the when they win, I think it's like six. Hmm. They're playing six to seven masters before they win. So he soaks up the experience, soaks up the vibe, and best, you know, makes the cut and then advances from making the cut and, and tries and goes as high as he can. Does does form carry for anything when you get to the masters? Do you think? You know, like he's obviously missed a few cuts. He's had a few events in in the US in the lead up. He's missed a few cuts. No. We haven't followed him too much, but it, do, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Does it does it count? Well, you do you just find a new gear. And the best comes out when you get to the Masters. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's you only have to look at you know the likes of some of the former champions and stuff that have contended. It's, it's so much form's probably the last thing. Experience, yeah, experience is probably one of the more high high ranked things. I agree. I agree. Form, form form for the sort of those top tier players that have played there five or six times that has merit. But once you go outside of that top, say, 15, form is irrelevant to the rest of the field. I'll look at it just to see if I think they're hitting the ball well. But, I mean, the, the tournaments they've played coming in, not many played Valero. Nearly everyone played match play, but you can't put that in their form lines. Um, Bell Spray had a few more. Then you get all the way back to the players. So the players is not going to be remotely similar because we know it was a, a whitewash to half the field, depending on what side of the draw you're on. Then all of a sudden you're going back to Honda and Genesis and the other side of the world, uh, other side of the States. It's not not going to be similar golf and it's months before. I, I look at it like if if someone's coming in with good form, that's great. But I really would, like you said, I would love to see the history there. I, I want to know that they know where they're going to hit it as much as they're hitting it well or more so. And does anything show up in the data for Team Herbie? Where, you know, is he mis miscut cut? He's is he the same sort of profile? Makes a cut uh, and that's a good. Or, you know, I think Herbie thinks his game's 
yeah, sorry, I'll re- rephrase that. Herbie, Herbie's game is in a in a good shape, according to Team Herbie. You know, speaking to Jamie, um, he's pretty happy with where the game's at. Uh, hey, Herbie's Herbie's wedge game and his putter is going to help him a lot around here. The fact that a course is quite wide is going to help because he could probably be a bit aggressive. It's the, it's again, it's that middle part of the round. Yeah, is he is he going to be on with his irons, and is he going to kind of show again yeah. show restraint when he needs to yeah. yeah exactly he's got all the stuff i mean any aussie playing on greens and like this that can use slopes and a bit of imagination they're gonna have a leg up for sure um i think herbie's gonna need to rely on knowing when to gear up and gear down exactly what you said i think if he can get that balance right i think he could it wouldn't shock me to see him finish top 20 at all okay. i think for him and this is nothing against Min Woo because he's not miles behind Herbie, but Herbie's won on tour in the US. He's won a couple of times on, in Europe. Um, he's He's got, I think, more belief in himself than, than Min Woo does at this time, and yeah. he's going to back himself if he can get those gears right and know when to push and know when to hold. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see him finish top 20. I think he, I think he should be like looking, looking at like If he that, gets a run on here. Yeah. It's a course. Like, get a bit of momentum, get a bit of run, and yeah. um, if if if, uh, if, if Pudor can, you know, if he gets hot, and Pudor can um, kind of keep him kind of in the zone and in the rails and doesn't let him overheat. Yeah. Um, you know, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Well, he's got the full team there. He's got his parents. He's got a couple of friends from Bendigo. He's got uh, Jamie, Dom, Pewie. Uh, they're all there. Uh, so he's got the team around. No, they're not. We're not. Yeah. No. Well. Anyway, um, he's almost got everyone there. Uh, I did see they were still having some fun. I saw Jamie lost a bet. They were doing a bit of a competitive uh, training event, and uh, the what? bet the bet was he always seems to lose a bet. Yeah, well, um, Herbie's very good. Jamie's not very good. That's that's why Jackie's the poker player. Um, and uh, <laughs> Jamie had to wax, wax his legs. Um, I hope he I did I hope, say that. Yeah, I hope Herbie made him wax a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Jackie would be so proud. Mm. It's like, oh, that's why I'm the poker player in this family. So uh, good luck, uh, Lucas. Uh, do yourself, your family, your friends uh, proud. We know you will. Do us proud. And uh, anyway, you're there. You've earned it. And uh, do well, mate. Uh, Leash, you've, you're hot for Leash. Uh, Mike, what else? Anyone else? Adam, how's Adam going to go? Nice too. Adam's one. Adam's one. I'm keen to see where he came out in the data lake. And the other one is the uh, the other Rory. Not the uh, silver medalist, but the other Rory. The other Rory. Uh, Adam Scott. Where did Adam Scott finish up? So he finished a bit lower than I thought. So he finished around midfield, which is not, you know, not horrendous, but it really is driven by he's around the green number. He's around the green number. He's ranked 162, and his strokes gained from about 225 yards into greens. He's 94. He's not sitting super high in any of the stats that I looked at. Probably highest is strokes gain approach, which you'd expect he's a ball striker. He's, a, he's 42nd. Um, but what he does have is knowledge here, knowledge of how to play here under pressure, and he's got reasonable form coming in. I actually think if the course is really firm, I think it's going to play into his his hands. Well, with no rain um, recently, and it's been very dry, even if they get two pretty wet days... With the sub air, the greens will be 
slick. Yeah. Um, you can't expect them to get, I mean, it doesn't sound like they got enough rain to be getting mud balls. If it's firm and fast, it only helps these guys out. I would like if the greens, if they have the greens just playing a little bit firmer than they normally would, that would that would help Adam a lot because that means that then that, that means that will separate him from an iron play from everyone else because we know that how he strikes it, he's going to be able to hit some of these shots and hold it into some of these positions. Yeah. So then that means that he's not relying so much. He doesn't have to have a, he has to be an okay putter where everyone else is probably going to have to be putting the eyes out of it. So the weather looks like, like we said, so rain wise, it, it's, it should be, I mean, if you can trust these sort of best guesstimates, but Rain should be gone by around five or six o'clock in the morning on Thursday, and you won't get any rain for the rest of the week. Uh, if you're looking at the wind, also we go temperature-wise first. It's sitting around seventeen degrees, twenty degrees Thursday, Friday. Saturday's a bit chilly. Saturday's down about thirteen. Um, Sunday gets a bit warm in the Arvo, but it, I mean it still only gets up to about twenty. But it's a bit cold in the morning, right? But when you look at the wind, Thursday, Friday and Saturday is where it's going to be sorted out. So Thursday, you got up to around 23Ks an hour in the afternoon. Friday, it's up around nearly 30Ks an hour in the afternoon and then drops back down to sort of 23 Saturday. Sunday's absolutely a day for someone to come from from the back end because it's going to be no wind. It's going to be no rain. Um, so, yeah, Sunday could be a day for someone to make a charge. Yeah, decky sort of coming from behind sort of stuff. Mm. Where does where does um other Rory the where's other Rory, he rolling? The other Rory, uh, he did he wasn't that far down. You know, I'm sure he wasn't because I saw him. Uh, Rory Mack, he's a tricky one. So he doesn't have enough. He doesn't have a lot of starts on on the PJ Tour this year. So I don't pull in any other data. And so he's sort of sitting around 30th, which isn't that horrendous. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing here is, God, he's got himself in contention so many times and just hasn't closed the door. Um. You know, in his last X amount of starts, cut last year, 5th, 21st, 5th, 7th, 10th, 4th, 8th. <laughs> That's unbelievable goal. It is. Um, yeah, he's the one. He's one that just should be winning. You expect him to win. That's right? it. But I, I still think um, it's, it's a lot of it's in his head. And I still, I still think it's that 100 and 30 yards in really it really um that's his that's his achilles heel yep well i mean his form coming in he missed the cut on, on the weekend at valero but i've put nothing into that no. i don't care how bad he played that's a warm-up the players championship was the last start before that he finished 33rd so 13th and 10th at api and genesis before that so it's not a lot of starts um he's clearly setting himself and knows what he's doing it's not his first time around um, but yeah, I, not feeling super confident with Rory. I think if we're talking about the uh, Irish contingent, there was a great photo of uh, the Irish players there with um, one of our other favourites from the podcast, Seamus uh, Power, who was yep. rocketing up the uh, global charts. Um, love Shane, we great love, golf. We love Seamus Power, but uh, you know, for him to be there alongside Rory, alongside Shane and alongside Podrick, uh, it was a great photo, but I would think that uh, Shane Lowry probably has the best chance out of that group and wouldn't surprise me if Shane's up there come Sunday. Definitely. 
hundred percent. He's on my list of people that are trending in the right direction. Just for you, Ross, I made sure to have the top GB and IR uh, market up. So mm-hmm. it's Rory, Lowry, Fitzy, Hatton, Casey, Rose, Fleetwood, Power, Bobby Mack, Westy, Porag, Willett, Led, Shepherd, and Sandy Lyle. I think you're right. I think it's Shane Lowry. Yeah, I, I, even even outside of uh, I, uh, if it's, if you put the GB in there as well, I'd still probably have Shane up there on top of that list as my yeah. number one pick for GB and I. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think Harrington might get a shekel from me to win the par three tournament if they play it. That's about <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, one of the questions that I was going to ask you, and it's totally unprepared, unannounced, but it's a tournament where past champions uh, – you know, get to play, and there's plenty of them playing. Yep. Um, who do you think uh, is the most likely highest finishing past champion? Good question. And I, the only reason I have yeah. an answer for this is because the Masters um, app has a little competition where they ask you four questions, and and I, 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 you know, I would say everyone go and do it. Get the app. It, one, it's the best app in golf. You can watch every single player, every single shot. The whole week it's unbelievable but also they do a free competition where you pick who's going to be the top us who's going to be the top international who's going to be the top rookie and who's going to be the top um previous winner and i picked dj so that's my pick <laughs> i think dj will have a good week and um yeah he's got that sneaky win after the covid masters okay then i'm going to throw another past champion what about the past champions from 2000 backwards yeah, like uh, who who we're talking about, two thousand. Who we're talking about here? Aren't too many that are playing. Well, we've got. Uh, well, there's definitely no. Phil. Boom, boom. No Phil. Uh, VJ. Well, Ty, Ty. We'll, we'll include Tiger, but yeah, Tiger was two thousand one. I can um, tell you. I can tell you. I can give you every previous winner that's playing, Tiger. and you can tell me who we're allowed to pick and we're not. So DJ Spieth, Matsuyama, Scott Woods, Bubba Reed. Garcia, Willett, ZJ. And I reckon from there on is where you're going to let me play. So we've got Charles Schwartzel, Bernard Langer, Fred Couples, Mike Weir, VJ Singh, Jose Maria, Lazabal, Larry Mize, and Sandy Lyle. Freddie. 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 Yeah. I say Earnhard. Yeah. Earnhard just loves just line and length. That's 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 where I And if it's firm and fast, yeah, the uh, the German machine. That's it. Well, the broomstick will be out. Yeah, cleaning up. Tour edge exotics. Tour edge exotics leading number one staff player Bernhard. <laughs> I love Bernhard Lang. I always did when I was a, when I was a young fella. Uh, no, I'm, a boom, my... I'm a boom boom man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nothing better than watching a bloke walk around in runners. Love it. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm with I'm with Bernhard for the um the the the, the veteran uh, the veteran brigade. I see VJ was there. VJ's there practicing at his young daughter uh, out the back, mimicking his swing. It looked good. Um, VJ, you're hitting a thousand golf balls a day. Uh, ultimate timing with the hands has that man. Uh, someone, a coach of mine said, unless you want to hit ball as many balls a day as VJ Singh, you are never going to hit the ball straight and reliably straight. If you are flipping your uh, release uh, like VJ Singh, you've got to learn to uh, control that release pattern. I didn't really understand it until he showed me the video and he said, that's what you do. That's what he does. Um, but he hits a thousand balls a day, and you hit none. So uh, yeah, there you go. It's similar to what Shafi said to me. He said, "You take away is way too long." I'm like, "I know, but I just I can't shorten it. I'm really trying." He's like, "Yep, 
but you're not Bubba Watson. <laughs> I'm like, I get that. I pointed it out. Don't point out that I'm bad as well as long. Don't give me um, the obvious. Help me here. <laughs> I'm paying you to help. He does. He, he literally stands there with a stick. And as I hit it, I know I'm going to hit it as I come back. It freaks me out. Um, uh, what like as much as the tree at Barnboogle, which we didn't talk about last week. Geez, that tree. That tree on nine. nine. The nine. Oh, that was so funny. It'd be like the Eisenhower tree. I'd go and cut it down. Uh, there's two points that I just want to back over from that little uh, piece. Uh, he said, I'm long. He Credit where credit's due. If you didn't listen to the Barn Boogle episode, yes, Mike, you were incredibly long um, with that uh, Callaway pick um, driver. Uh, but yeah, um, hitting things on the backswing on the ninth tee on Barn Boogle Lost Farm. Yes. Uh, they had the terracotta tee st- strategically placed. Um, the greenkeepers probably had a little bit of a laugh about it and they put uh, the left hand side of the tee under a tree. Uh, so if you had a, a long backswing, um, like one of the four of us did, uh, i.e., Mike, um, you would hit it. So, Mike, the first time around, we went through a f- couple of times, uh, you know, hit the back the tree. And he, he moved the ball and went for a, a, the proper shot and then hit it on the backswing and then moved again and hit it again yep. and then started to chastise the greenkeepers, uh, the facility, the tree, um, you know, earth, uh, the, the oxygen. Second time around. The, the second time around was the best one. That one had me in stitches because I was explaining the – was Doc there? Doc no, wasn't there yeah, the first Doc, time, yeah. no. No, Doc was there the second time. I was explaining what was happening, and it yeah. looked like they'd actually trimmed the tree. Someone, someone had 100% huh. on what I did, and it, the stuff is and whacked the edges yeah. out of the tree. Now, yes. now, what makes it better is you teed it up in a similar spot, and you yeah. kind of had it in a perfect spot. But as you were going back, the wind's blown and blown the branch Bang. down near your club, and you clipped it, and like you nearly like to watch you lose it again. It I was, was a, like it was a tiger-like pause halfway through my backswing, which I had enough time. Oh, I was, I was laughing so hard. Yeah, you guys were on the floor. I didn't enjoy that. You know. <laughs> it was uh, you, you teed it up in the same spot. It was just going to happen again. I was sitting there waiting. No, but I took the practice swing away. And no, it was fine. It. But it was the timing of the wind, the wind was just off. perfect. It I was see. perfect. It was the golf gods at work. It was. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Mike, uh, that was backtracking. If you haven't listened to our Barn Boogle episode, it's two episodes this week. Uh, yeah, go and listen to that. You you would get to hear the ins and outs of uh, seventy. Six holes, 71 holes, whatever it was, um, of us uh, playing, the four of us, and it was great. Uh, so listen to that. Watch it on YouTube. Uh, that episode's there. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, yeah, and do us a favour. Um, it's been uh, – last month was uh, good for the podcast. We It was probably our most successful month uh, to date. We've uh, cracked a couple of milestones, and, and things are going in the right direction, which is uh, all due to uh, you two guys um, uh, and the people listening who continue to download uh, – on a weekly basis and we thank every one of you if you are from the ukraine um and listening uh we f- we still feel very deeply for you and all the tragedies tragedies and atrocities that are happening over there but if you are listening in the U- ukraine and this and the map that tells me where the downloads are coming from tells me that there's people listening uh, maybe a person listening in the ukraine i want to hear from you um get in touch on the socials or send us an email you just look up my name Ross Flanagan, double N-I-G-A-N, and you'll find how to contact me. Uh, we'd love to have a chat, um, if, if that's at all possible. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, thank Speaking you for, of, um, for listening. of listeners, sorry, yeah, um, shout out to Kevin. Kevin, who I met at um, Mount Derham at Golf Club a couple of weeks back, just uh, wandering the course and took about 11 holes and started talking about golf and actually talking about the driver, my very, very 
good epic LS driver, epic um, color. Talking about the, how it's going to maintain the integrity of the game? I think we're talking about how, how long it was. And uh, I said that I got it from Drum and Golf from the city and he said, Ross Flanagan. I said, he goes, I've listened to Ross's podcast. I said, well, so do I. I'm, <laughs> I'm Mike. And his head nearly <laughs> fell off. So shout out to him. It was um, it was quite funny meeting someone because had no idea what I look like. Um, and I probably wasn't spouting as much rubbish as I do on a Wednesday night with you two. Clearly, um, Kevin needs to subscribe to the YouTube if he didn't know what you look like. That's true. Well, I got a head for radio. So <laughs> probably doing the right thing to start with. <laughs> um, one market we haven't looked at is Top Aussie. Who is going to no, be Top we'll, Aussie? We're leaving that to last. Oh. So who have we got? Give us the rundown. We've got uh, the ones that we've t- spoken about. We've got Herbie. We've got yep. Min Woo. We've got yep. Leash. We've got yep. Adam. We've yep. got uh, Cam. Cameron Zones. Cam Smith. Yep. And Cam, Cam Davis. Davis. And Cam Davis. Tiger's. Tiger's uh, practice partner, Cam Davis. So, that's it? There's no others? That's it. Nope. That, that's all of them. Yep. Mm. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, look, I'm sticking I'm with leash. leash. I'm sticking with Leash. Like, look, Cam's easily the best of the lot, but he I'm won the player's Cam. last start. Mm. You're going, yeah, which, which Cam? You're going to narrow it down or are you going to take both? Yeah. Going with the, going with the Moulet. Yeah. yeah, there's a bloke that's good with his uh, good around the greens and putting the spots off it. It's that bloke, so not a bad pick. I I flip flopped on uh, choosing Cam to win, uh, but I'm going to save him for one of my other big uh, majors tips um, if I can. Uh, but I do fully expect him to be the top Aussie and expect him to be pushing whoever is at the lead. Hopefully, it's JT uh, to get me some points up the up the tips of rankings. Uh, but I fully expect him to be pushing. Uh, whoever is at the pointy end. For and sure. It, and if he wins, he's even more genius than already the genius that he is. But, uh, yeah. In, if he wins, the players and the masters back-to-back. No he's the first time. Unbelievable. Because mm. no, no one has won the masters when they've won the players in the same year. That's that's probably why I'm like, save, saving him for another another major this year. But, uh, yeah. Um. Now, yep. questions without notice. Oh, hello. Twitter you. today. There's some questions that have come in from Twitter for the Masters episode. Uh, can I just make a public service announcement on the Twitter? You will <laughs> you will start to see the My Love of Golf Twitter becoming a little bit more active. Uh, you know, Part of the outcomes of the team meeting uh, was to increase uh, the value of the content that we create across all forms of media. I've been very much Instagram focused. We've started the YouTube, subscribe to that. Uh, obviously, we've got the podcast, but the Twitter has been sort of largely left unattended. Uh, it's usually been just to promote for the Twitterati, um, you know, click the link and listen to the podcast. And if you do that from Twitter, great. But you will be getting a little bit more content from Twitter because both Mike and I and, you know, Rocket, you can free it. Well, free it. well maybe, you know, let, let's, let, let's be honest here. You know, you probably don't want it in my hands at any <laughs> stage whatsoever. Hey, we got banned from Phil Mickelson. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe we have to get banned. That can be the first merch T-shirt, you know. Like, but Rocket's I'll, already got that. I'll create them. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, Mike's going to Mike's going to look after a bit more of the Twitter because, um, you know, that's what he loves doing, and he's good at it, and he'll pass some stuff out. So you got some questions? I do. Well, the first one's for me. I'll answer it first up. Uh, it's from Daniel O'Neill Diesel, the prez of the golf group that I play in. He said, how does Magic Mike think his beloved Riverside stacks up against Augusta National? Now, Riverside is the goat track that I play here in the clay belt of Melbourne. Um, 
it they both have green grass and they both have a creek. Uh, the creek at, at, at Riverside though is a is a drain, but um, no, it's not very similar. And Diesel plays out of Medway, which is built on a hill, so he's probably more akin to Augusta being playing on the slopes all the time. So good good question, Diesel. Thanks very much. Mm. Um, who's the best long shot? I, I'm going to stick with mm. Leash. That's a good question. So you would say Lisa's a long shot? He's about 80 to 1. Yeah, I'd take that. Um, if I was going to take someone that was more than that, you know, I'd probably go down the, down the board at, I don't know, I think Hoagie, Hoagie probably be over 100 to 1. But I don't think the first up's going to win. Max Homer, yeah. Homer's your pick? Yeah, for a long shot. Yep. Ah, dear, yeah. Jeepers. I know who you like. Bobby who? Mack. He's about 200 to 1. Hmm. No, it's, I don't think. Or Sandy Lyle, the other Scott. No, Sandy Lyle. No. Or, don't, uh, don't, come on, don't be silly. Very close. This is, I'm, this is a serious podcast here. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would probably go one of the older you know, statesmen, Westy or Casey. Yep. Yep. I'd, um, I'd probably lean, in, lean, lean into Casey. Yep. He's been playing, been playing pretty bad, I think. I can't remember now. No. He'll be a first round leader, wouldn't he? <laughs> he no, I've got. I'll give you my picks for those in a minute if you want. I did write those down. Um, the Ginger Ninja, Daniel Crawford. This one specifically for Roscoe. What? And this is a really good question. Not that I'm surprised, Ginger Ninja, then because it, it's just a very good question. Uh, Ross, what's the one photo you'd love to try and get at Augusta? Mm. That is a good question because. Mm. Not that I'm a photographer. The Instagram handle says amateur, uh, but I do enjoy the craft and have done for a long time. Uh, but one thing I do try and do when I take a photo, and if anyone has commented on a photo and and praised me on on the photo that I've taken of you know a various golf variety of golf courses, I thank you. I usually take try and take different angles. So I've not been there, Mike. You're the one that's been there and seen all of that. But I'd usually look for a different angle. But I would try and get something that's got water and a green in it, probably. Or a hill and a bunker and a green with a long lens. Now, I don't know. Um, Mike, you might tell me where those spots but are. The one that I reckon I'd like, so you think about, remember when we were taking those shots on three, looking back into the um, the sunset, and you, then you can see all the slopes and stuff like that. Yeah. Think of 11 depending on where the sun is, whether it's a morning shot or an afternoon shot and trying to capture all the yep. mounds and the hills. And yep. depending on the angle, you can get a little bit of 12. You could get a little bit of maybe 13 across the water. Depend, you might be on the other side of the pond, get a bit of a wider shot. And you might be able to see a lot of the, the enormity and the expanse of the property a little bit different because you think about the shots that we see, hmm. a lot of them are very same. Like yeah. imagine a shot from the that cabin on the other side of the pond looking yeah. across the green, you capture a bit of those mounds at the front, got 12 T and then looking up 13. Yeah. No. Yeah. All good answers. Um, it's a, it's a good question because it's, I, I, I said to Jamie this morning, I said, uh, you know, when are you sending the photos and doing all that? And he said, we can't take your phones in. And I was like, Oh yeah, sorry. You can't. So no phones. Um, we doc brought a nice camera in, but it didn't have a zoom on it. So we, we got some good photos, but they'll better sort of just for you standing in front of a main corner and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, you'd just go bananas with your cameras and some of the lenses and bits and pieces, you'd just go crazy. Oh, I'd love just, to. Just get, just get a 200 and 
just to get a terabyte SD card yep. <laughs> and about 20 of them. Can I bring a drone in? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> I, if I, if just I, swing I, rocket from a tree, that'll do. I would love to, and I know everyone says this, right? And I know we talked about this, I think, on last year's pod. The the, the amount of elevation change is ridiculous. And I know everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, to get there. And I told you I was prepared and I stood, my, head, my head fell off. I would love to somehow be able to share 10 because 10 is bananas. It's the way that the elevation drops from tea to green is a freak show. Like to be able to get that in an image or even a drone would be unbelievable. Like you would, you would freak out at how far it drops. Like they are hitting golf balls. It looks like they're hitting golf balls off a cliff off the tee. And they're just disappearing. And somehow you get down there and they've just turned this corner down and, and just keep running. It's unbelievable. Hole. Is it even coming up 18, right? Uh, 18, because it's side by side. So 10 goes down and, and there's tree line and then 18's going up next That's to That's why it's still, mate. You know, I still think of um, those drives that Scotty hit in the wet. Yeah. Like up that into the, in the wet, in the yep. cold. Yeah. Like hitting absolute bombs. It's and like they wouldn't have been running out down that. Even no, that they weren't. They slope, so they it was like, yeah, no run in the west. Yeah. It's insane. Um, uh, so, yeah, Daniel. Sorry, I can't answer your question any better than that. But I, I would find a creative angle. Um, the guy, the places that the guys have mentioned, I would take something like that. But I'd love to get something with a bit of water, a bit of reflection. Maybe a putting, or maybe if there was a, a, a pitching shot with a, a player in it with a bit of reflection, that'd be nice. Anyway, mm. one day. Christian. More questions. More questions from um, Ginger Ninja. He's done, he's on fire. Um, favorite Masters memory. Mm. I'll okay. go first because mine's easy. I got to go to 2019 when Tiger won, standing inside of 16, and everyone, all of my mates that are listening to this will be like, "Oh yeah, you weren't crying. I wasn't crying." <laughs> but I, if I was. I'd be thoroughly enjoying it. It was unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to go next, and I probably have to go back to 1986. I was, you know, of that era. That was my very much formative years as a junior golfer, 1986. I was, you know, sort of 14, 15. Jack Nicholas was one of my dad's heroes. Jack Seve, um, you know, and I've talked about before that he used to emulate their style, you know, with the, the, the beige pants and the red cardigan or the all blue uh, navy navy block uh, color of the Slazenger, so he, he would rotate between those two looks. Um, he introduced me to Slazenger and Lacoste uh, clothing, and uh, I just remember that '86 uh, when Jack, who was, you know, I thought was a million years old when he won that tournament in '86. He was 46. Uh, I was player to win at the time, I, th- I think, and uh, I thought he was a million years old. That to me um, is etched in my memory. But I do remember this when Scotty won 2013 and I had to get to work and work like, like back then was 20 minutes down the road and I thought I can leave now and get there and I'll still get it. And I got the last playoff and it was just great. So, But the Jack moment for 86 for me, yeah, uh, that's the one. I've got lots. There's so many because lots yeah, of... You only you know, get one. That's really that's unfair. It's well, really I, unfair. I, I would have probably agreed with Ross and said Scotty would definitely be my number two. It's, so you can have two. It's really unfair because like there's so many different players that have been favourites and there's different ones that have meant a lot. You know, Freddie '92. I still think of um, even just Tiger '97. What that just 
the enormity of what that meant at the time. Then you go Phil twenty ten. Like I love I love watching the final round of that one like so many times. Um and then even 2019, like I love that. But if I was to actually pick one, so it still would be 2013. Yeah, Adam Scott, yeah, he's the Australian. But I still remember, I still remember the day we were playing a charity event at um at Royal Melbourne. So you've got a hundred and hundred other people just golf nuts there for the day. Masters is on and it's absolutely just pissing with rain. And so they were sort of delaying stuff and then they've gone, you know, Scotty's had that little finish near the, near the end and, every, and basically the, the MC's gone, oh, look, the weather's outside's a little bit ordinary. We'll wait a little bit. Adam Scott's sort of contending, so I think we'll stay in the clubhouse for another 30 minutes and see how things go. And then that was it. And then it's like you got TVs everywhere and we're watching it. And so we're watching him hit the tee shot up into 18. When he hold that putt on 18, you will never see – Oh, I can st- it gives me chills now still thinking about it. 100 blokes just like going ah, and high-fiving each other and hugging and all this sort of stuff at Royal Melbourne. It's amazing. So all of a sudden the MC comes on after um, uh, Cabrera hits it close yep. and he's like, yep, we're all delaying this one. We're not uh, going out in the course until uh, this playoff is finished. <laughs> and, then you, and then you see when Scotty holds it to win and it's like, you, you, again, like you think about the roar again inside the clubhouse at, at RM and then it's even louder again and everyone just high-fiving and just, it was, it was, I just, you could see everyone was sort of just jacked to the eyeballs. The rain's just pouring down. No one cares. Like Adam Scott's one, everyone's like walking off to their tees for the shotgun start. No one cared. It was just, it was magic. Absolute magic. Yeah. That would have been great. I could, uh, I was just standing in the cafeteria at Nissan Australia's head office uh, with uh, six other blokes who were the golfers of the uh, thousand people that worked there. Uh, yeah, we, all, we, we all knew, it, yeah, we all knew each other. We all had the secret golfers code every Saturday, every um, Monday. We'd have a have a, have lunch together and have a bit of a chat about it. But um, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. It would have been fantastic. Uh, some probably some of the best images of the Masters uh, that have ever created. You know, the, some of those I images agree. of Adam with. Uh, you know, the, 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 the rain and the water and the light behind him there, that was just... Leash. A mate, of mine, yeah. a mate of mine got to go. He won it in a golf day. He won a trip to the Masters on a golf day and that was the Masters he went to. Yeah, right. Good. With um, Corey McKern and a few boys. So that's pretty lucky. Uh, well, I've um, never, never been. I've told the ma- my, my Masters story, uh, you know, once upon a time I had the opportunity to go and stay on pretty much on course in one of the houses there that are part of the facility as part of the Mercedes-Benz uh, group and I got offered a ticket and went to take it and with Mike Ferroni who said, no, I can't go this year, but we'll go another year and he went the other year and didn't invite me. I invited him, but uh, Jeff Ogilvy sorted Mike out with the ticket and he forgot he's a good mate. But um, anyway, my hat, I do have a hat that's from the Masters. Um, not wanting to name drop again, but Andy Andy Ma brought this back for me uh, after. Hey, Andy. Yeah. And, not uh, a Carlton supporter. Not a Carlton supporter. Still got, still got the tag on it. Might be worth something one day. <laughs> still got the tag on it. I, haven't, I only wear it on this this podcast. I've only ever had it since 2019. And, uh, yeah, there it is. Got two more questions. Fire away. Uh, and last one from Ginger Ninja. He's on fire. And this is an easy one because the answer is me. Um, 
Who's taking the chocolates between you three around Augusta, handicaps included? Oh, well, the answer's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Rocket, and it's only because of his putting from the weekend. Yeah. If he putts like that, I'm, I'm not getting close, even with whatever I get head start, probably eight or ten shots. Uh, it was scary good. Uh, it was scary good. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably put money on Rocket out of, out yeah, of the three of us. I'll just go there and go, whatever the shark did and do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last question is from Daniel Bader. He's uh, He basically asked a question I think we already answered, so a bit of chat around Win- Minwoo Lee. Um, is he suited to Augusta? I don't know if he's suited. I think uh, I feel like he'd be more suited to a, a, an open championship than Augusta, just with the ability to that low ball flight going. And yeah. I still think we've got another few years before we know what he's really suited to because mm. we've only really seen him on Europe. We haven't seen him in the US. We haven't really seen him mix it up in the majors. So I don't think we've really got to see, you know, the full kit bag of, of Minwoo in terms of, you know, because really when it comes down to majors, like, it's your iron player, you know, are you able to play different shots, shape the ball, do all sorts of things. There's a, there's a whole new kit bag that you need to have to, to win that thing. So. Oh, look, Minwoo can do anything with a golf ball. He can, he can do whatever he wants. It's just, you know, I, I, I guess he's just at that stage where he's got to, you know, grow into the game and, but he can, he can hit every shot, you know, like. Oh, there's lots of people who can do whatever they want with a golf ball, but whether they can do whatever they want with a golf ball on demand, on call in a big tournament. Yeah, for sure. No, hundred percent. And that's the point. Um, you know, once he learns that craft and how to, how to win on the biggest, big, big stages, um, you know, his, his game will be, is great, but anyway, but, uh, he probably won't win this year. Um, did that answer it? Yep. Uh, any other questions? No, that was all of them. That was all the questions that came through this other. I've got one without notice. All right. Yes. Oh. Is is Bryson going to be a little bit of a deal or a big bit of a deal, depending on if he withdraws or not? So do you think he'll WD? Well, apparently he's still complaining about his hip and his injury. Didn't stop yeah. him from being a knob in the Dude Perfect video. I didn't watch that, but I did hear about it. What, what um, to please explain? I haven't seen it, but but uh, explain. Well, Dude Perfect desecrated the um, Amen Corner, <laughs> and um, they played an all sports thing using different equipments. Like, you know, you could only use one piece of equipment for a shot per hole. So it was like a Nerf ball, tennis bracket, baseball thing. It was just weird, right? And Bryson was a participant and going hard at it and apparently still injured. And I'm like, like, really? Like, he's a wingnut, a dingbat. It wouldn't surprise me to see him withdraw. He's an idiot. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's a a circus clown sideshow tool bag. Okay. He hasn't, he hasn't copped a whack in a while. No, he's, we, we, no, because he hasn't played. He hasn't played. So he hasn't been given. He hasn't been given any content. He hasn't given me some. I'm, I'm waiting for the, you know, their injury video, the rehab video, or anything like that. But no, I get him swinging a tennis racket like a moron on bloody dude perfect while they desecrate the bloody hallowed grounds of Augusta National. 
Uh, I thought we were actually going to get through a podcast with that, talking about him. Um, but there you go. Uh, okay. Oh, we have for the last couple of weeks because yeah, we he hasn't you're been right. playing. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, but you know, like this this tipped me over the edge. <laughs> one one topic that we didn't talk about, and sorry to come back to it uh, at an hour and 17, uh, the silver medalist. Uh, the, Babo? Uh, the, no, the amateur. What, what are the, that, what, oh. the, what are, who's going to be the uh, leading amateur? I don't, I don't even, even know who he's playing. Oh, yeah. Poor, you left the amateurs out. Yeah. Well, I'd have probably got him on a list, but that's about it. Okay. Have you got yeah, a list? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's been any. The, actually, the only one that I reckon that will – actually, here, here I go. My call for low amateur will be Stu Hagerstad. He's been there. He's won before, right? Yeah, he's played there a couple of times. Yeah. Like, so, this will be his fourth time, I think. So there's Broomstick six. putter. Yeah, anchors. So Austin, it. Austin Greaser, Stuart Hagerstad, Aaron Jarvis, Keita Nakajima, James Piot, Piot, Piot and Laird Shepherd. Laird Shepherd from England, Japan for Nakajima, Piot, Hagerstad, Greaser from the United States, and Jarvis is from the Cayman Islands. Okay, I'm Laird Shepherd. Set up for- I'm, I'm all over Laird Shepherd. I'm going to go with Aaron Jarvis because being from the Cayman Islands. Not worried about money at any given time. <laughs> I think an Amy's not getting it anyway, but yeah. Probably part of the Panama Papers. Yeah. And the other thing we forgot is you wanted to know round one leader. So there was six picks that I haven't decided which ones yet, and it's Smith, Cantlay, Russell Henley, Harmon, Neiman, and Young. Young's mm. rank outside of better 80s. Paul Casey's been a, been a frequenter of the first round leader at the Masters. Um, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, look, my numbers are based around how players have gone in the round one scoring for the last uh, two, three years. And it's funny because people just tend to have be good players in round one and then yeah. they go away. Johnny Vegas just loves round one. Don't know why. Cam Smith's done it the last two years. He was the ranked number one last year in round one scoring and he's ranked number one this year. Patrick Cantlay, same sort of thing. Um, but I'm not sure about... Paul Casey, because it doesn't exactly tell me just for this tournament. Yeah, gotcha. It's overall, but he is 29th this year. So, yep, right up the list. Okay. So, who's your round one leader tip? If I'm picking one, I'd probably bet one of the, you know, Harmon, Henley, or Young, because they're bigger odds. And with a round one leader bet, there's a good chance you're going to get a tie. And when you tie, if you get two people tie, you only get half your winnings. If three people tie, you only get a third. And if four, you only get a quarter and keep going. So if you're going to get a tie, you want to pick someone that's bigger odds because you at least a chance of getting some more money. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, Har- I'm going to say Harmon just uh, just for the picking one that you've already picked out for us there in, yep. in advance. Yep. I'm going to go Leash. Because yep. I remember when he had his... His breakout year in 2013, he sh- he led off the first round, shot 66, I think. At the end of the day, if if the weather – and I'll hold those until the weather shows up. So if the weather still looks like it's going to be wet coming in and then fine up, I'll bet guys that are probably playing in the morning because they're going to get a little bit softer conditions into the greens where it might firm up in the afternoon. That would be about the only, only sort of wave I'd look at. But because they're all, you know – there's not going to be a massive amount of people teeing off. It's um, it's really just the only thing you can look at that and how they've gone previously. 
Okay. So is that a wrap for the uh, Masters edition? It's a lot of information. A lot of information. Sorry. Yeah, it is. We were hoping to have a special guest. We didn't have a special guest. We've had special guests in the past, but uh, we will have special guests that are related to Augusta National in, in the future. Um, Mike's good mates over there uh, will will come on and join us at some stage. Maybe uh, maybe it's a debrief for the Masters. Uh, we can get DB yeah. on. And uh, well, good luck. Debrief with DB. Debrief, DB, a debrief with DB. Uh, good luck to everyone uh, watching the Masters. If you do uh, have a punt on the Masters, uh, do it responsibly. And uh, but just enjoy it. It's and, and and look after yourself when you're waking up in the morning and you're trying not to wake the house. You know, just walk slowly, shuffle. No, we can't have any broken pinkies or big toes or anything like that because it'll hurt your ability to go and play. And you could wake up the house and ruin your week watching weekend. So just be careful with your feet, keep away from chairs and beds because they are dangerous things. Okay, well, I've mastered that art after getting up in the dark for uh, eight years, uh, Rocket. But um, but one thing I could t- add to that is, is if you if you like a little blankie, if you like wrapping yourself up at four a.m. in the in a in a blankie just to keep yourself comfortable, get that out the night before. You know, don't don't just get smart. that on the blanket. Very get, smart. Get your pillows get prepared. In, get yep. your pillows in place if you want to. You know, do the coffee. Get the remotes where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Get everything ready. If you yep. need, to, need to get a coffee. You know, make sure you've got all that prepared so you don't have to avoid unnecessary jingling and jangling. In in in, you know, just boil a boil a boil the water and that sort of it. Um, you know, if you have to go without the coffee machine, just. You know, it's only a couple of mornings a year for the sanctity of the house. So, um, yeah, do all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it is our, our week. Um, you name it for whatever whatever thing that brings golfers together. Uh, the Masters is our thing. Uh, that's why we can talk about it for an hour and twenty two. Uh, enjoy it, and uh, might leave you with a bit of uh, Masters commentary, um, just for a bit of a bit of a laugh uh, at my own expense. See you next week, guys. <laughs> Will we ever rocket publish the uh, unpublished Luke Elvy podcast? Right. I think this is this is. Oh, I think this is. I think the JFK files are going to get published <laughs> before the the Luke Elvey podcast. Just for just for the you know, I've opened it back up. Not a, not a secret, but we did a podcast with Luke Elvey, and it was right at the dawn of uh, COVID, and it was when the Masters hadn't been uh, postponed, but it was about to be postponed, and CBS actually had to vet it, listen to it, and they said, wow, what great talent uh, they have in Australia for podcasting. But unfortunately, it's in our interest not to publish. Uh, have one yeah, we it. can't have anyone trying to, you know, hire this amazing talent and we just got to keep them on the back burner for a while so this podcast cannot be released. So Luke Elvey was very apologetic. He said, look, we're just not going to be able to release this one, guys, so it's just going to sit in the annals of unreleased greatness. And uh, But, uh, yeah, that's Luke Elvey commentating me, my great wedge, the the last birdie I had on the third hole at Peninsula Kingswood. Um, We'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy the Masters, everyone. (laughs) 